those words freedom liberty and justice for all welcome it's freedom friday casting live right out of here the klamath basin southern oregon you don't want to miss it folks get on over here check out the beauty of the basin we have the beautiful klamath county it's full of everything you ever want to explore We've got Crater Lake. I'll tell you, the beauty around here is magnificent. So we've got a show for you today. America. It's appearing we're on this comeback, thanks to Donald Trump. Over at the Shelby factory in Las Vegas, they're going to start producing... Well, they have started producing the fastest pickup truck. Let's check this out. Well, to learn more about the If You Give a Child a Book campaign, you can visit ifyougiveabook.com. Well, tonight, right now, we are also getting our first look at the fastest pickup truck on the road, and it's also being made right here in Las Vegas. Hello. How about that? Yeah. yeah, burn some rubber, baby. All right. This is the brand new 2020 Shelby F-150 Super Snake Sport. It's very cool. It was introduced at the SEMA trade show. The trucks are being manufactured at the Shelby factory in Las Vegas. It has a powerful V8 engine packing 770 horsepower, allowing the truck to go from zero to 60 miles an hour in less than three and a half seconds. If you look at the trends, SUVs and trucks, whether it's Ford or any of our other competitors, trucks are really where it's at. So if we're not staying on top of that and doing what's next, the world will leave us behind. And that's not going to happen at Shelby America because performance is our business. That's right. Only 250 of these super trucks are going to be available here in the U.S. And they start at around $86,000. Well, to learn more about that. $86,000. But it is American Strong and Shelby, you know, they make a fast motor. And I'll tell you, that pickup looks sweet, people. Better check out Shelby Trucks. All right, let's 
check this next thing out. I've been watching this for years. The Doomsday Clock. You know, it creeps up and then it fades back. It creeps up, it fades back. But I don't think I've ever seen it quite this close. Not that I remember. Now they've got the Doomsday Clock and it's been around for 73 years. They've got it at 100 seconds. Let's listen in. It is 100 seconds to midnight. The bearers of unbearable news. Time is almost up until the world is doomed. The hand of this fateful clock has been placed at various positions since its inception more than 70 years ago. But in 2018, it was set at two minutes to midnight. The closest since 1953, at the height of the Cold War. Now the Nobel laureate-studded panel has moved it 100 seconds before a climate catastrophe. Without U.S. leadership and participation, there will be no winners from this climate crisis. We will all become losers. The world's second biggest polluter is being called out. At the World Economic Forum in Switzerland, the U.S. Treasury Secretary told 17-year-old climate activist Greta Thunberg she should go to college and study economics before calling for an end to fossil fuels. This is not the doom and gloom issue, okay, that is going to impact everybody in the next 10 years. Here, the stark contrast between planet and profit was on display. For the first time in the history of humankind, there is a limit a physical limit to our perspectives of development. And nature is striking back. Australia is also featuring in the global conversation. The UK's meteorological office says recent bushfires accounted for one-fifth of an unprecedented global increase in carbon dioxide emissions projected this year. Even if the night is darkest before the dawn, the message is becoming clear. By then, it will be too late. Randolph Nogle, ABC News. So the doomsday clock, it creeps up a little more, you know, and it sways with opinion and social behavior. I've watched it go up and down for quite some time. It used to scare the heck out of me when that thing came close like that. And now it's like, oh gosh, here they go again. The thing is, people... The best thing for the world is communication. We are never going to agree 100% with anyone, ever. So what we have to do is we've got to find those areas of common interest. And we've got to build from there. We've got to remember, America is a mixed pot of races, culture, heritage is deep in America. And we have always managed to get along. We always managed to push that light of hope. And that's what America is really about. Remember, it says, bring us your, what, poor, your... Uh, see, now I'm messing it up, people. 
there you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, it does say, bring us your poor, your huddled masses. Uh, I'm messing that up. I'm butchering it. I know that. But we are that spot in the world that people want to flee to. And it's always been to flee oppression, not to flee to get something for free. And I've witnessed this change in my life. People have always wanted to come here because they've known this is the land of opportunity. This is where you can make it. If you apply yourself, you can make it. Nobody is perfect. We all have our limitations. But collectively, together, boy, we are strong. And that's what we've got to embrace. We've got to come together and embrace that difference. Difference is good. Difference can carry you a long ways. Difference bring, will bring you new innovation. It brings prosperity. And it's worth seeking. That's why everybody always wants to come to America. Do you see them wanting to flee to China or these other countries? No. You hardly ever hear of that. You always hear they want to come to America. There's a reason for that. America is that guiding light. It's the hope in the world. Love, hope, charity, faith. America is abundant with all of that. There's brilliant people in America. And it fascinates me. I love to talk to brilliant people because it helps me see the world in a different light. The way I was raised, you had to fend for yourself, basically. You scrapped a little to get a little bit out of the world, you know. So nothing is ever handed to you. If you want it, you've got to go get it. And there's two ways to get that. The right way and the wrong way. I hope you choose the right way to do that. Because that's what makes America strong. So we have to get along. We have to start communicating. And we have to start listening to others. I don't like a lot of the things that happens in the world. I don't like what my country does all the time. I don't like what people do all the time. However, I set back. I soak it in. I absorb it. I analyze it. And I let the bad go anymore. And I try to suck in all that good that I can. And you can wake up to the difference. There's always that time in your life that you hit that point, that 
transitional point, that point where you're going to make a change. It comes in many ways. I know this, but I hope it comes in a good manner to you. Change is good. Seek change often. It keeps the vibrant nature of the world going. Change is always scary. But when change knocks, examine it very closely. Because it might just be that point in time where you could make a difference. And always try to make a difference. Don't take advantage. Give advantage. Let's move on here. I can ramble on about that for hours and hours and hours. In Israel, they have a dazzling blue meteor flash throughout the Israeli sky. And it was caught on a car's dashboard camera. Now, this is something I've never seen in my life. I've seen odd things, really odd things, believe me, come out of that sky. But this blue flash that occurred, this is brilliant blue light. It's really beautiful. But what is it? The driver says he was left speechless by power and beauty of such sight. A large meteor lit up the night sky over Israel, <clears throat> excuse me, over Israel with a blue flash so bright it was seen in the neighboring Lebanon and Cyprus. One witness was driving along Route 6 Tuesday when suddenly he saw the blue ball flash through the sky. He later discovered his dashboard camera had captured the sight. And it's kind of cool, actually. I did tweet that out. I want you to go check that out. It's pretty cool. It's all over the media networks now. But I've never seen a blue light flash across the sky like that. It's usually that white streak. So that was pretty interesting. I wanted to share that with you. Also, did you know Ted Cruz has a podcast? Yeah, it's called The Verdict. They just started it, and The Verdict is covering the impeachment trial. And I'm telling you, I, I kind of like it. Ted Cruz comes out of that uh, trial, and he goes over to the studio, and he records a podcast right after they deliberate for the day. So, yeah, interesting. Verdict with Ted Cruz. It's interesting. You can find it everywhere. I listen to it on Spotify. Kind of cool. And then another thing I found here was George Soros. We all know who he is. He is committing $1 billion to start a global university. 
This I found interesting. I'm not going to play the video. It's kind of, you can't really understand what the old guy's saying anyway. But he is going to commit $1 billion to start a global university to fight authoritarian governments and climate change, calling them twin challenges that threaten the survival of our civilization. The Open Society University Network will offer an international platform for teaching and research. So better watch out for that. What is George Soros going to be teaching in the world? I'm going to be watching because I find that kind of interesting. Another thing we're looking at. What is the coronavirus? We want to be on top of this. I talked a little bit about this yesterday. This coronavirus is kind of new. They don't quite know what is going on. Let's listen in. I found this on The Guardian, and it's Sarah Bosley. She's going to answer some of the questions about this coronavirus. This is an outbreak of disease that started in Wuhan, one of the central Chinese cities. It's caused by a novel coronavirus. That means it's brand new, so new that actually it doesn't have a name yet. It's from a family called the coronaviruses. The symptoms of this illness are pretty mundane on the face of it. It's a dry cough, fever, and then breathing problems. It seems quite mild in lots of people, and probably those people don't end up in hospital at all. We only know about the more severe cases, which is where people have gone on to develop viral pneumonia. And those people obviously end up in hospital, and all the deaths have been amongst those people. This brand new coronavirus came from animals, and it's believed that the source was actually a seafood market in Wuhan, which also sells wild animals. So far, as far as we know, all the cases have come out of Wuhan. So some of these people are in places like Thailand and Japan, but they haven't picked it up there. They actually got it in Wuhan and then they traveled. In China, where the most cases are, it's older people who are ending up in hospital with this. They're usually over 40, and the very youngest person diagnosed is about 13 or 14 years old. So it doesn't appear to be affecting small children, and those who've died tend actually to have underlying conditions, as they say. They, they're frail, they may have heart disease or, or cancer already, and so they're vulnerable. Basically, their immune systems are not very robust, and they're going to find it very hard to fight off a virus. We've only just discovered that the new coronavirus is actually transmitted from one person to another. It was hoped at first, actually, that it just came from animals, as all coronaviruses do. But now it looks as though it is actually passed from one human being to another. So we've got people-to-people -people transmission because the market's been closed for some time and there are cases in people who've never been near it. So there actually isn't any treatment at the moment at all. Because this is a virus, antibiotics won't work. They only work against bacteria, not viruses. 
So really you want an antiviral treatment, but none of the flu drugs that we've got, and we have got a couple of those, will work on this. A coronavirus is different from a flu virus. So there actually isn't any treatment at the moment at all. This one is scary because it is a brand new virus, so we don't know how it's going to behave. But I have to say, we perhaps ought to put it in the context of some of the other things. I went to Sierra Leone to cover the West Africa outbreak of Ebola, and that was killing more than half of all those people who were infected. SARS, which was a novel coronavirus, just like this one back in 2002, did end up causing a global panic. And that was largely because nobody had ever seen it before, but also the death rate was at around 10%. Well, here, so far, we're talking about a death rate of 2%, which is a lot less. And it does look as if many of those people actually have had underlying health problems, which would make it more likely that they would die. They could equally have died of flu. So you have to put it into that context, I think. So that's pretty interesting. It's kind of like the flu. So common sense tells us, take precautions like you would with the flu. That's a good starting point. Make sure you wash your hands. You know, that uh, anti, antibacterial gel that you wash your hands with, pack that with you. You know, always crowds are one of those dangerous things, especially in the wintertime. You're going to pick up on colds and things like that. This is one of those things we want to watch because they don't know much about this yet. And until we understand something, we want to be cautious of it. And that's why I get on the bandwagon and say, hey, watch yourself, watch others. It's a big world out there and we really need each other. A lot of people say, oh yeah, I can do it myself. Sure, I can myself too, but I don't like to do it myself. I like to have companions. I like to have friendship. And that is lacking in the world. Just straight up honesty, being ourselves, and just the ability to get along is being diminished. It's being lost. We have to fight for that. And it takes each and every one of us. It's easy to just shuffle it off like it's not my problem. But it is your problem. The world is our playground. And when there's a problem in our playground, we should address it so it doesn't blow up to a big problem. And it takes all of us to get involved. I know there's a lot of times I want to pack my bags and head deeper into the woods. I mean, I moved way out here. I'm 50 miles outside of the major city. You know, I have a little town about five miles from me, but there's nothing really there. And I kind of like it this way. I'm out of the mainstream, but yet... You know, I can drive 50 miles, 50 miles home, 100 miles, I get my stuff, and I'm out in this serenity. When I was over on Get Dialogue, I used to talk about that a lot. Get closer to nature. 
understand what you're living in. Take time to find yourself a great big field of grass. Lay down in that grass. Touch it. Fill it. Look into the grass. Study what's beyond the grass. A lot of people just, they don't want to take time to involve themselves deeply, intimately with the world. And to understand what's around you. We walk on grass all the time. But since you were a child, how many of you got down in the grass and looked for bugs just to see what is going on in that micro world? We don't take time. Those special moments, they pass you by so quickly. No, I'm slowing my life down. I don't care about what's passing me by anymore. I don't care how much money I make. I don't care about the car I drive. I care more about you, how you feel today. Because I know the hurt. I know the suffering. I know the pain. The drama. The world is not equal. That's for sure. And it takes equalizers in the world to help equalize the world. Take time today and study the world you live in. The people around you. Even though a lot of people are angry. They live in their own little bubble. I care. I want to know what makes them tick. Why they feel that way. I know why I feel this way. I've been hurt quite often. I'm tired of hurt. I want to spread love. I want to spread getting along, people. I know what it's like in the world. I've lived it for a long time. I've been around many, many different types. I've sat down at the Chamber of Commerce meetings with mayors, having dinners. And I've been sitting with the homeless, being homeless myself. I've been around. I've been around people. I've seen all sorts of people. I've been with tramps that just love life. And I've been with rich people that hate life. And I've been with poor people that hate life. And I've been with rich people that love life. So all of these labels that are placed on everybody, they mean nothing. When it boils down to it, what matters is how you feel in this world. I don't want anybody to feel left out, alone, hurt. 
hungry, cold, wet. All these negative feelings in the world. This is what we are fighting, not people. And a lot of people won't let the little things go. Jump outside of yourself and think about it today. Is there somebody close to you that needs just one minute of your time? How about when you walk out of the door today and you see that individual sitting there? Say hi. Look at them. Don't look away and try to ignore it. When we ignore the problems or the issues, they get bigger. And when they get bigger, there's a point where they pop. Let's start thinking about each other. It's political season. And you know, I want to I want to take time just right now because my my basic philosophy is a conservative philosophy. But that's my philosophy. And I screwed up the other day. Bad. I was in this joking mood. I was playing around and I put out a video called Louis the Liberal. You know, I've been thinking about it since I put that thing out. I actually, I think I got it down from every place that I put it out. I had to take that back. And I'll tell you, I'm sorry for putting that out. Because what I did right there, I was part of the problem. I apologize. I retract that. Although I was trying to just make a little fun and goof off. I'm sure that affected some people. It's your right. If you want to be a liberal, be a liberal. This world is not my world. I live in it. What I should be doing is try to understand why they are so liberal. And I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on myself because every time I find something that I'm doing wrong, check, whoa, what are you doing? And a lot of people don't have the ability to do that. I've done that with homosexuals. I don't agree with homosexuality, but who am I? To judge. Judge not, lest ye be judged. And that's big to me. And I I actually had a conversation here on uh, castbox.fm with a little young homosexual man. I don't know if he's little, I'm sorry. See, that's just my old school coming out and the world is always changing we have to change with it keep your values make sure you understand 
who and what you are. But because of the world being like it is, sometimes we don't realize the hatred that we're spreading. So I think it's time that we take a look at that. These little odd joke here, joke there. What does it actually do to people? You know, I I think uh, uh, individual Tracy Maxfield for helping me study that a little more within myself. You know, I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with this suicide thought. And I've asked for assisted suicide. I know what it's like. And yet, I'll still push that garbage out. Why? That's something I'm, I'm really looking at and I'm studying about myself and other people. You know, I was reaching out and helping an individual here locally. And he's a liberal. He identified himself as a liberal. I said, that doesn't really matter to me. That's your choice. You know, political aspiration should not interfere with a friendship, but it does. A lot of people cannot let that go, and we have to be able to realize communication is the key, and identifying and talking about those things, that's where we're going to fix these things. But by listening to other people's stories and problems, like Tracy, she came out with her book, and she talks about this, and it's fascinating. We all go through these feelings. I'm sure you've felt that underlying hatred of yourself. I don't know. The world's a funny place, but yet we continue to push out negativity. And that's what I'm working on very hard in my life. And I've had to cut a lot of stuff out of my life. These negative people, negative things... It's one of the hardest things that we have to do. Identify those negative points and cut them out of our life. It's critical control points. And when we can identify those critical control points in our life, we can work diligently trying to fix what we've done and identifying our own problems first and trying to understand why we do those things and believe me I've got many 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 problems myself but yet I'm willing to open up I'm willing to identify and I'm willing to repair myself I was raised in a very unstable environment let's put it that way I love all of my siblings 
I love my parents. I love all of my heritage. But, you know, looking back on it, if we can't look back on ourselves and identify where we've went wrong in our lives and those paths that we've taken, we'll never right those wrongs. I've been thinking a lot about that the last few years here, getting older and older and thinking about other people. I've lived my life. Now there's a new generation coming up. And if I can help identify all these hurts going through the world, I think that's my duty. I can't do much anymore. Oh, how I long to do the things I used to do, the way I used to. But I can't. It took me a long time to understand losing my manhood. But hey, if you're willing to step up, you're never too old to try something new. If you want to do something, it's up to you. Don't let the naysayers guide you down the wrong path. It's easy to do. I've been trapped in it. And I know how hard it is to break away from that. To be free from those chains of society's finger points. That's like those Facebook pokes. <laughs> Here's a Facebook poke. Poke. You know, <laughs> you got to get over it. I've heard a lot of people and I want to try to write every bit of it. You know, I've actually reached out to some childhood people that I know I hurt. And I found those individuals, and apparently I hurt them so bad that, you know, they couldn't accept my apology. I, I don't know. I tried, and people were going to run into that when we try to start fixing our past. It's, it's very, very critical that we understand not everybody's going to just forgive you. And that hurts. It really does. It hurts. But just reaching out, I hope that plants the seed in their mind someday. Well, maybe he did change. I can't force a change on anybody, but I can reach out, and sometimes that's critical. I've been doing this, I've been doing this with diligence for the last few years. Identify what's wrong in your life, work on it. As soon as we identify 
what's wrong in our life and we work on it, we can change the world because we start caring about other people. The selfie generation, the memes. I don't need to be famous. I don't need to be rich. What I need is I need to know that people are going to be okay. That humanity will get along someday. That's a big aspiration. But it starts with you. And that's what it's about. Hey, I could ramble on for hours and hours about this. So I'm going to wrap this cast up. At the end of every cast, I like to open up the microphone to my audience. If any of you would like to take five minutes to say whatever you'd like, it's free speech time. And it is Freedom Friday. So if nobody wants to step up to the mic, I want to say thank you for listening. Make sure you share, like, subscribe. Tell all your friends, family. Get involved. Stand up for something. Make sure it's right. Ed Waters out.